0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. Hi, I'm Nicole Goodman. And I'm Lauren Mishkun. The advice for self-care today is endless and can be yet another overwhelming job for women every episode we trial a different self-care practice live it to the letter for a week and report back to you on the results will it actually improve your well-being or will it be another waste of your time we test out self-care so you don't have to welcome to self-care club wellness road tested
1: nicole I don't like the way you deliberately make me feel bad about myself by getting dressed properly today and doing your hair and makeup so nicely just for the Zoom recording. And why are you always crunching on something when you FaceTime me?
0: Can you not just eat after we speak? Whoa, whoa, chill out. Oh, fine. You're going to be like that whilst we're at it. Why don't you take a whole 12 hours to fucking well reply to me? You know it annoys me. And you completely ignored my text message. You also, by the way, forgot to send that email out that you promised to send. So what was that about? You just being lazy or what?
1: Okay, uh, enough. Let's just stop this right now because this week's practice is no criticising. I'm Nicole Goodman. And I'm Lauren Mishkon. And this is Self-Care Club Wellness Road Tested. (laughs) Habitual criticism can corrode the very foundation of a relationship And that's not an overstatement. In fact, criticism is so damaging that relationship researcher John Gottman
0: identified it as one of the top predictors of divorce. But what is criticism? Oh my God, that makes you think. Criticism is when a complaint is expressed as a character flaw. It is an attack on the other person at the core of their character. In effect, you are dismantling their whole being when you criticize. And the problem with criticism is that it makes the victim feel assaulted, rejected, and hurt, and often causes the perpetrator and victim to fall into an escalating pattern where it reappears with greater frequency and intensity, which eventually leads to contempt. People also often resort to criticism
1: as a form of self-protection. Attacking or blaming our partner is a less vulnerable act than revealing what we really need from them. It's much easier to poke our partner by telling them that they're the one with the problems than to drop our shield of criticism and say, my needs are not being met. Help me. Criticism is frequently doled out in the form of you always or you never statements. Healthy feedback is about the behavior and not the person, says Kurt Smith, a therapist in California. We can tell our partner what we think or how we feel without criticizing them as an individual. So if you're speaking in absolutes, using harsh words or attacking someone's character, it's probably criticism. When our comments include cursing or demeaning labels, it kills any value that our message has and makes the feedback pointless, Smith said. Criticism is often ignored because of the manner in which the message is delivered. But what is the research on how criticism damages relationships? Well, there's a
0: lot and it's not good, Lauren. It chips away at your, it isn't good. And I'm sitting here with my head in my bloody hands. It chips away at your partner's self-esteem as anyone who's been on the receiving end of criticism knows, the words cut deep. Repeated criticism may shake your partner's confidence and eventually make them doubt their ability to do things right. It can make us question our value and worth, especially when it's coming from someone who's supposed to love us. It also destroys intimacy. Over time, criticism widens the emotional distance between you and your partner. The warm, positive feelings you once shared diminish and you are replaced by resentment and hostility. I mean, Jesus. Jesus. It belittles your partner while making you seem superior. Criticism is devaluing, implying that the critical partner is smarter, more skilled, moral, or superior in some way. And it's not actually effective in getting your partner to change their ways. Instead of encouraging your partner to modify their behavior, criticism triggers defensiveness. And when your partner is feeling attacked, their guard naturally will go up and they're not in a state to really hear what you're saying. Now, at its most extreme, it's worth noticing that when criticism is constant, it may actually be a form of emotional abuse. An emotionally abusive partner uses tactics like criticism to exert control in the relationship, and this is obviously a very extreme version. They put you down so that they can maintain the upper hand. We all get overwhelmed or frustrated and resort to criticism at times, but If you frequently lash out and criticise your partner, no matter what they do for the way they dress, their sex drive, their job, their family and friends or an aspect of their personality, their sensitivity, for example, then it could be a sign of emotional abuse.
1: That all said, no one expects you to just roll over and accept all of your partner's less than desirable qualities or behaviours without ever saying a word. Inevitably, you're going to have complaints from time to time. But how you choose to communicate these grievances to your partner is what matters. The important thing is to learn the difference between expressing a complaint and criticising.
0: So if you're criticised, if you're the criticised, it's understandable that your partner's harsh words would affect you. You don't need to minimise your hurt feelings. You're justified in being upset. When you feel attacked, it may be tempting to push back by criticising your partner for something they did, but try not to stoop to their level. I'm laughing because this is a lot of how Adam and I communicate. Um, Regard your partner's criticism as his or her lack of self-regulation skill. Though this may not be easy in the heat of the moment, after you've been criticized, take a breath before that defensive wall goes up. You may be able to figure out what veiled request your partner is making with their criticism. I mean, you have to mm. dig deep in that, right? You, do, you in that dig moment. You've got to dig fucking deep. If someone's coming at you with whatever shit they're coming at you and you're thinking, what are they really saying to me? Because then you just think, fuck you. You don't get to speak to me like that. That's how I go anyway. If you can delay your defensive response, which I think I've just realized I probably can't, ask your partner what they're asking for. The quicker you get to their ask, the quicker you can get to relationship repair. I think that is so yes, yes. important. I do too. Because now we're talking about how to listen, how to take a criticism and not just dole them out, yeah. how to not dole them out. It's actually, yeah. if someone's criticizing you, there's a certain way of listening to them without getting defensive. I think that's just brilliant. So now we are all too aware also that a lot of us can be self-critical and that it can be quite a struggle to show kindness to yourself but because it is so common we felt that self-criticism needed its very own week we are very aware of those demonic voices that can live in our heads at times and we promise you the self-care club will dedicate a whole week to it and ways to combat it but for now we're just going to talk about overall criticism and how we criticize other people so Let's just discuss some of the science behind why we are so seduced by criticism. Come on, Lauren, give us the facts.
1: Well, I didn't think there would be any science, but there actually is. So it turns out that criticism isn't just a learnt response. Research suggests that there is an actual neurological bias in our brains exhibit, which places more importance on negative stimuli like criticism. And it's a very persistent bias. So we are evolved to respond quickly and strongly to negative stimuli. And we have dedicated brain regions like the amygdala. Oh, we're back to the amygdala, the amygdala <laughs> again. <laughs> and that encodes the emotional component of an experience. So it remains potent and we can rapidly learn from it. So if you live in the wild, negative stimuli could equate as death. So the faster you learn from it, the better your chances of survival. And therefore, evolution would favor humans who dwell on the negatives because it literally keeps you alive. So although our brains may be a lot more sophisticated now, criticism is still a negative stimulus and millions of years of
0: evolution cannot be switched off that easily. Isn't that... I love that piece of information. It explains so much why we go straight to the negative bias, why we only hear it. For example, if 10 people, you walk into a party, I know who's going to a fucking party. But let's just say in a fantasy world, 10 people tell you that you look lovely and then one person will say, oh, I don't like your top. Your mind will remember that one person that said it because you stick to the negative bias. And now we have... A reason why I think that's absolutely amazing. So thanks for that. Yeah. It's the same as actors
1: who would read like 10 amazing reviews of their performance in yeah. play, but they'll read yeah. one negative review and they can only obsess over the one negative review. Yeah. They cannot go, yeah. but 10 people said I was fantastic. Yeah. We just, we do go there in our heads.
0: We have to train ourselves not to. Yeah. Because we don't need to, because it doesn't mean death nowadays in the way in which we live. So we really do need to train our minds. To hear the positive. But Nicole, are there any benefits to criticism? Well, sort of. There is actually just another way to think about criticism, one that does not invoke the same set of negative emotions. Criticism, when done thoughtfully, is information and a valid tool that can help you improve or grow. You could call this constructive criticism. So, viewed this way, receiving criticism can be both beneficial and positive. Similarly, giving criticism is intended to improve and strengthen the recipient, not tear them down. Consider mm-hmm. the spinach on the teeth dilemma, Lauren. You are with mm-hmm. a coworker at a function. I mean, just picture the scene and notice that he or she has a big piece of spinach on their teeth. What's better, letting them look ridiculous for the rest of the evening or telling them about the spinach so that they can remove it quickly When you tell them, aren't they usually grateful for the tip? Try to welcome criticism at all times. I wouldn't consider that criticism, though. Would you? What would you consider it? Uh, uh, What, telling someone they've got spinach on their teeth? An act of kindness. Mm. Is it criticising?
1: Mm.
0: Well, it's a a fact, isn't it? And and you're doing it for the... You're not tearing them down. You're not saying something negative about them as a person. You're just pointing something out that they would appreciate.
1: What do you think? I think maybe. I think maybe it's how the the recipient takes it because I'm trying yes. to think of like the toilet paper on the bottom of the shoe scenario or your flies are undone. How do you say it, and how do you receive it?
0: So maybe and, it's and that's, more about that, and that's exactly what we're delving into, aren't we? That mm. how you receive criticism could be all the difference from feeling rejected and torn down to, oh, that's really helpful. I can actually improve that about myself. I think it's mm. a- absolutely, absolutely that. Often critics will react negatively when those they criticize are defensive and unreceptive. But try to listen to the ideas behind the criticism and not the actual words. If you assume that your critic has your best interests at heart, it will be easier for you to be more open and less defensive which in turn may help you to assuage the critic's concerns and to reduce the emotional charge of the situation so i think that's just a vital part of this week because it's how you listen to it but it will also depend on do
1: you trust that person because sometimes they may be criticizing you because they have your best interests at heart like with the spinach but sometimes they they may not and there is definitely a subtle difference there theres, a, there's a, they may there's just a be
0: criticizing difference. you, yeah, they might just be an asshole, yes, or they might feel insecure in that area and want to feel better about themselves. It's a very subconscious thing, isn't it? So yeah. I think it yeah. very much depends on who's saying it to you, like my my best friend Donna she we criticize each other all the time, and actually, I went for a walk with her the other day, and she was wearing a green jumper that every time I've seen her in the past two weeks, she has been wearing this green jumper and it literally its more banter than it is criticism. And it literally fell out my mouth. Like fucking hell, have you washed it? And also <laughs> do you not have anything else in your wardrobe? And she looked at me and she went, that's a really unkind thing to say. I'm like, come on, I'm only joking, but actually she got a little bit offended by it and I meant it as banter. Um, anyway, the next time I saw her, she didn't wear the jumper. <laughs> She'll never wear wear it again. (laughs) She'll never wear it again around me. But then I said to her a couple of days later, actually, I'm really sorry for what I said about the jumper. I did mean it as a joke. And she said, I know. I said, but I said it in a very brash way and I apologize. And she said, oh, that's fine. Um, But then... You know, I could walk in and she's like, "Jesus, you you not slept or something like that." But <laughs> so I think that's that's the relationship that we have. So it's all right for us to to do that to each other. That's but if different, I, that's different. But if I, but then if I turn around to you and said, "Jesus Christ, Lauren, you're not going to change it top," you would take that badly, wouldn't you? I don't think I would, but I
1: think you probably wouldn't say that to someone that you didn't feel comfortable with. You wouldn't like say it to someone you'd only met once. You know, you wouldn't walk into a party and go, fucking hell, that dress looks shocking on you.
0: You just wouldn't do that. You would if you're Innes from Married at First Sight. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you, you
1: would do many things if you were Innes at Married at First Sight. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's also important to listen carefully and ask questions. Often people are so scared when they receive criticism that they are silent throughout the entire encounter. Asking clarifying questions in a non-defensive manner can help identify specific issues. One of the best questions to ask is, what suggestions do you have for me? Echo what the critic is saying to make sure that you understand their points. Allow the critic to deliver the sum of their criticism before responding. Do not try to rebut each point As it comes up, but listen attentively, make mental notes, and discuss your perspective after you've received all of the bad news. So it's just going Mm. in with a non-defensive way. It's reframing it, isn't it? If you if you're sitting Mm. there thinking, right, what are they going to say, and how can I grow from this, rather than fucking hell, they always criticise me, and I'm always on the back foot, yeah, and like jumping in Mm. there. Finally, it is absolutely imperative to stay. Cool. It is natural to feel defensive when being criticised and it can be hard not to convey that message in your body language. You may find yourself crossing your arms, hunching your shoulders and your breathing and heart rate may increase. Just try to relax. Take a few deep breaths. If the situation becomes truly unbearable, it's okay to suggest that you resume the conversation at a later date. Now, Lauren, mm. I want to know, how are you with criticism? I really like want to say
1: to you, I'm fine with it and I can take it. <laughs> But I think I'm probably not that great at it unless unless it is done with kindness. And also, I really do know that it is a constructive criticism. I'm fine with constructive criticism. I'm fine, for example, if... Our producer Blondine said, listen, guys, that show this week, it was X, Y, Z, but I really feel that next week you could try this and that and that would improve this. That for me is constructive. It, it's criticism. It's constructive. It's helpful. I would listen. I wouldn't
0: be offended. That would but that's be great. also. But that's also been delivered in a, in a helpful way. So if I yes. if I turn around to you and say, oh my God, what were you doing on that show? You were shit today. That would be unkind and unhelpful. And of course, that's going to put you on the back foot. You're not saying, you're not, it's going to be very hard for you to turn around yeah. and go, well oh, what other suggestions do you have for me, Nicole?
1: No, I had to think about this. And I actually think I'm okay with criticism if I feel it's fair and true. If it's not fair or not true, A, it doesn't upset me as much because I know that it's it can't touch me because I know it's not real. But but it would also irk me that the other person wasn't fair in criticising me. Yes, Does that makes yes. sense? Yes,
0: absolutely. How are you with, how are you with criticism? Um, I've definitely gotten better as I've gotten older. I used to mm. be always defensive. It was like a default mode of mine. Mm. Um, and as I've gotten older and I, you know, did all my coaching training and, you know, learned a lot about myself and learned a lot about people – I am much more open to it, but a bit like you, if it's delivered in a kind way, it's really not a problem. Um, you can say anything you like to me and you and I often have to say, oh, by the way, I think you should cut that bit out or I think we should do this. And so we constantly have to have those conversations to bring this show up. Um, but if someone's going to be a bit of an asshole and attack my character, I'm not I've got no fucking time for it. No, because I'm just, no. And I'm not going to dig deep and go, I wonder what they're really trying to say. It's just like, you know what? Get out of my face. Go away. Hmm. Do you think that you are very critical? Um, well, you're going to find out this week, aren't you? Ah, oh, okay. I don't think okay. I'm critical. I think I'm, well, let's get on with the week and it will all, it all, will right. all come out. Do you think you're critical? Yes. I do.
1: I think it's likely that all of us will have plenty of opportunity to do our own criticizing in the future. So let's consider some ways of becoming a positive critic. In particular, you could become more aware of yourself and actively ask for criticism Through questions such as, How could I be doing this better? Become more aware of the people you're criticising. Consider their emotions, actions, and feelings. Give concrete and fair criteria for criticising. Lead not only through words, but through actions. And set a good example and follow up criticism with questions like, How can I help? So, here are the rules that we followed this week in an attempt to learn how to stop criticising. (laughs)
0: <laughs> we, needed, we needed hard and fast we rules. We needed not. rules. Be realistic. It? Number one, if you are routinely disappointed by someone's behavior, it's best to adjust your expectations. If you don't, you're bound to be continually frustrated. I can't make my husband pick up his dirty socks, but I can change my thinking so that I either accept doing it myself or I don't feel irritated when I see them on the floor. That kind of thing. Number two, look for Positives. Go out of your way to look for people doing the right thing and then acknowledge it in bucket loads. Research shows it takes five positive interactions to reverse the damage of one negative interaction. Isn't that amazing? Yes.
1: Number three, don't take their behavior personally. People make mistakes, get tired and overcommitted. There are many reasons for your friend or family member's behavior that has nothing to do with you. Try to assume the best about someone's choices instead of the worst. Number four, consider whether you need to say anything at all. There is really some wisdom in the age old saying, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Sometimes staying silent is the best option. Leave the room. Take some slow breaths. Calm yourself down before deciding if you really want to say something. Love that. Uh,
0: Use what is called a soft startup. I like this. With this, you open up the, the discussion about what's bothering you using the phrasing, I feel such and such about such and such, and I need such and such. So I feel frustrated about you not picking up your socks and I need you to pick them up every morning. That kind of thing. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really important to put an actual feeling in that first blank. So not saying you, 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 or I feel like, or I feel like you,
0: it's not helpful.
1: Yes. Yes. You're owning it. You're owning it.
0: It becomes about you, doesn't it? It becomes about your experience and not about that person or their behavior.
1: Yeah. So the example I put was, I feel like you don't care about our anniversary and I need more from you. And instead you could try, I feel sad and disappointed about us not celebrating our anniversary and I need to know it means something to
0: you too. You could also try an I wish statement. Your criticism is a wish disguised. It's a negative expression of a real need. What if you took responsibility for what you really desire from the relationship? What if you owned the wish and committed to articulating it as a positive hope? Instead of saying, you're so unhelpful, you never pick the kids up from football training. Try saying, I wish you would help lighten my load by picking the kids up from training once a week. Love that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So with all that in mind, obviously, we had to do a week of no criticising. Try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash self-care club.
1: That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash self-care club. And start turning ideas into action. And when you use our link, you're supporting our show.
0: Notion.com slash self-care club. This week at Sukarnov. Over at Self-Care Club, wellness road tested. Lauren and Nicole discussed intuitive eating and rebelling against diet culture. Actually, I'm really proud of myself that I did that because it was hard and it was bloody brave to actually stand up and say, you know what, I choose my life, I choose to have quality of life, I choose to be two dress sizes bigger and much fucking happier for it. For even more great content, there's also a brand new episode of Between the Lines with Melissa Reddy, who sat down with Borussia Mönchengladbach's assistant manager, René Maric. He talked through his journey from a football blogger to coaching one of the most most exciting football teams in Europe.
1: We always focus on the next game and we focus on every opponent no matter which competition and uh, the level of the opposition. We always focus on each opposition the same in terms of investment of time and resources.
0: All that and a whole lot more. At Sukarnov. Sukarnov. How did you feel going into it, Lauren? Quite worried. Um,
1: (laughs) Worried that I would fail. Worried that I would have to look at how much I criticised and that I would be disappointed with myself about that. And also, I do make quite a big deal to my husband about how much he criticises. Or rather... I don't want to frame it as direct criticism, but rather sometimes there isn't a huge filter between the brain and the mouth, so he thinks it and then it just he just says it, and a lot of the time those things don't need to be voiced, especially when they're sort of personal comments, and they're not made in in meanness, but they're just not necessary you know so and because I make a deal of that. I was worried about looking at myself and my own
0: criticism.
1: (laughs) How are you you feeling? Um, How are you feeling?
0: I I was feeling like I don't have the energy for this week. I I really, I felt reluctant. Um, I'm already on thin ice. (laughs) Mm. I've been for weeks and weeks. And I'm very premenstrual. So it was not the best week to not Mm. criticize. And I just felt like I can't be fucked to look at this. Even though I know it's, <laughs> I even though I know it's vitally important to have healthy relationships and to feel good about who I am, but yeah, that's how I felt going into it. I actually criticised you for being premenstrual, and you said, "I hate it when people say that about me." It really annoys me.
1: I Can know. I tell you why it
0: annoys me? Because it's like an excuse for
1: anyone who's in a bad mood, or you know, whatever. I just don't like think just Chuck I, hormones at it. I know,
0: yeah, a bit and i
1: sexist.
0: Yeah, well, it is a bit sexist. And coming from it is. coming from my beautiful doula friend, it's like, come on, you should know better than that. And I get to be, I don't know, upset about something without blaming it on my fucking period. Although in this case, it was your period. so I It fell. wasn't my period. It wasn't my period because I still haven't come on yet. <laughs> it wasn't my you period. Point okay, okay. Have you tried this before? Hold on, hold on, No, what, I feel what? like we need to clear this up a little bit. You more.
1: just it- said the sentence, "I was premenstrual," and I said, "I criticized you for being premenstrual," and you shouted at me and said, "I hate it when people say that." <laughs> and now
0: you're saying, "I wasn't premenstrual." So either you were. I'm or you saying. Weren't. I'm saying yeah. I wasn't yeah. upset because I was premenstrual. You know, there's a lot of other shit going on. We are locked down. Like what? I don't what do you mean? Leave, I don't leave <laughs> my house when, when I don't saw, you? you know, when I suddenly took notice of what is actually going on in our life. The fact that I can't have dinner with my family. Like, I don't need to point out, you know, all the restrictions going around lockdown. But, you don't know. But I am, on th- I am walking on thin ice. I refuse yeah. to blame that purely on my period. There's other shit going on, right? that we're all struggling with. Well, yes,
1: there is, but sometimes it can create a perfect storm. Perfect shit storm.
0: But yeah,
1: it can. But yeah, let's let's move on. Have you ever tried this before? No. Have you? No. But having said that, I am very firm on the principle that when you are dealing with children, you deal with the behaviour criticize the behavior you don't criticize the child so I would not say to my children you are disgusting I would say to my child your behavior is disgusting and I feel quite strongly about that I like it I I think it's quite important because otherwise you're labeling a child for their behavior and it's not them it's their behavior that you're not appreciating and also that becomes their inner voice right so you
0: have to be really really careful did you have any preconceptions yes that it was going to be hard and annoying. And that wasn't my hormones. You?
1: That I was going to have to really, really bite, bite my lip, bite my tongue, hold back. And I and I wondered whether I would feel frustrated in that.
0: Well, come on, let's Those get on with my it. thoughts. Tell us about come your on, week. on, tell me about, oh, you want me to go first? I was going to ask you. I'll go first. Go on. I don't mind. I've got nothing to hide, Lauren. Come on then, let's hear it. Here's my first voice note. So the risk of criticising no criticising week, it's not massively the week to not be criticising because we're in the depths of lockdown and you know, kids are like three weeks into homeschooling and <sighs> trying not to criticise think is going to be incredibly challenging. So maybe it is the week for no criticising week. Perhaps this is the perfect time for no criticising. I am not looking forward to it. I don't really feel like being pushed out of my comfort zone, um, but all in the name of the podcast. Mm. So that was that was the first day. Um, okay. I need to put a disclaimer out. Mm-hmm. Anything I'm about to tell you is all very domesticated, because we are not leaving our house. So all of mine, all of my. Criticizing is very much based around the minutiae of the household.
1: OK well, You and the rest of the world. so I think this is very timely, unless you're in Australia. And New Zealand.
0: yeah, or Singapore. Anyway, so I think once you do the mental shift from criticizing to constructive, it can actually be mm-hmm. fairly smooth, but it's that shift that it takes some work, right? So Adam washes up. He helps me wash up most nights. Um, Mm -hmm. And what he always does is he does the pots and pans and he always leaves them like right side up so they Mm -hmm. can't drip dry and it fucks me off because I've only said it for 16 years. I've said it for 16 years. Could you just... Well, normally what I say is, for fuck's sake, can't you just turn the pans the other way around? Like, I don't understand. It's just common sense to me. Anyway, so he'd put all the pans, he'd washed them all up and they were sat there as per usual right way up. So they can't fucking drip mm-hmm. dry. Mm-hmm. And normally for me to go into the, you know, the criticizing, I took a moment. I thought, actually, it's really lovely that he's washed all the pans up. I looked at the positive. Um, Mm -hmm. And I said, thank you for washing all the pans up. A little bit of gratitude doesn't go amiss. And I said, I I really wish that when you do it tomorrow night, would you mind just turning the pans the other way around just so they can drip dry and it just makes life just a little bit easier and quicker? And he said, is that you not criticising this week? And I said... (gasps) He was onto you. No, he knew because I told him. I always tell him what we're doing. And I said, it was... How does that, you know, how does it sit with you? He goes, you know what? It was great. And no problem. Yes, I will do that. And he has. So it was very, 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 very powerful. Now, great. The next day, everyone, uh, we were all eating dinner together. And all of a sudden, I don't know, the puppy did something cute. And everyone just got up from the table and left the table and went to go over to the puppy. And I was sat at the table on my own, sitting Mm -hmm. there eating. And so normally I would be like, oh, guys, that's not very nice. I'm sat here eating on my own. Do you mind? Mm. Mm. I didn't do that. I thought to myself, oh, look at the puppy. She's being quite cute. I understand why their attention went over there. And I said, "Um, I feel like I'm eating dinner on my own. I would really appreciate it if everyone could just sit back down so that I could finish and we could just finish together as a family. And then no one listened because my household is very, very loud. So I shouted it. (laughs) Yes, Different tones, same wording, but they did all then sit down. So, and I have like, you know, a hundred more examples like that, that I I don't really need to share because I think you're getting the gist of how it worked. A lot of the time I just walked away. So if if there was something that Adam was doing that was annoying me, I just thought, Nicole, zip it up. You don't need to say it. It's nasty. It's unnecessary. Just go in another room, which is what, you know, our intro suggested. And I did. And actually, I found that a lot of the week was about not doing it rather than doing it. So that, I thought, was very interesting. Yes. And then when I came back in the room, I didn't really care if he hadn't wiped up from his coffee that he'd made and left a whole mess everywhere um i have learned well i'll do that at the end but i am i'm very critical of my family is what i've learned so the people that i love most in the world i criticize and i don't know why i do Do that
1: do you critical of of other
0: people as well or do you think you're mainly really only critical of your family I'm mainly only really critical of my family and my best mate, but that's more of a bantering thing. Um, In truth, I think I used to be secretly critical of everybody and a bit judgmental. Um, But I have grown in the last few years, so I don't really do that anymore. I always like to see the best in people and because it makes me feel better and it's a much nicer way to approach the world. Um, But I haven't kind of mastered that with my husband and my kids and I would like to. Well... We're all judgmental and we live in a
1: judgmental world. And I think to pretend otherwise is is a nonsense. Um, and I wonder if part of that is because they are the people you feel safest with and have unconditional love for and know that they have unconditional love for you. So you are able to voice that criticism yes. without yes. the worry that you will harm that relationship. Well,
0: you don't have to do the check-in with yourself, do you? You don't have to think, right, well, I don't want to upset this person, or I just want to be my nicest self that I can be, or you, there just isn't that. Just Everything's just completely open and you just get to be you. But sometimes in that openness, not the best side of you doesn't always come out. So I think it's really important to mm. do that check-in with yourself. And that's what this week brought for me it's just a check in actually do i need to say that and you know with the pots and pans for example it's like well yeah i do because it really does irritate me every day and i would really like him to just to turn it over um so and i think it's important to have that conversation with yourself and that was my week okay how was your week um interesting
1: i sort of initially thought what a shame we're doing this week in lockdown and then i thought actually if we're really truthful i think most of us and I feel the same as you have to confess that the people we most criticize are our partners really and because we have been stuck inside with them for nearly a year and we've had so much (laughs) less time away from each other and less space I actually think it's a perfect time to be doing this practice because I think a lot of people could benefit from having some new techniques to to deal with criticizing the person you're shut inside with. So I will tell you that basically apart from one example, my whole week is about my husband. So it's been 18 months since my middle son's bar mitzvah. We have still not done the photo album. I've attempted to do it in one of those online album things where you drag and drop and just wanted to throw my laptop on the floor after hours. Anyway, my husband took it upon himself to take on this task and spent about three hours doing the whole thing with with pleasure, then brought down the finished article for me to sort of approve before he ordered it, a hard copy of it. And there were duplicates in there. There were photos that were in black and white when actually the dresses that people were wearing were really colourful. I didn't know why he'd done that. There was one photo where my head was chopped off. There were so many things I could have criticised and boy, did I want to. But I overrode it and I thought you know this album's gonna sit on a shelf in our living room for the rest of our lives so what does it really matter and also I haven't had to do this job he's taken it on and he's done it so that's amazing and I tried to be positive and constructive and I said oh that's a lovely photo it's a bit of a shame that my head's Uh, cut off maybe we could try and stretch it out and I I pointed out a duplicate oh look that that seems to be the same photo let's take that one out And, and made a few sort of constructive suggestions that were not criticisms of the job that he had done and it made what could have turned into rather a sort of nasty little niggly
0: row into something that was just fine I love it and you know what else I love that wasn't actually mm. part of the week and you went a little bit off piste, but I think it's fantastic. What do you mean it wasn't part of the week? Well, I mean, it was part of the week, but it was more of a, I feel such and such about such and such. That was the that was our, our model to go from. But it's fantastic because what you did was you stepped into constructive criticism rather than the personal, this is how it impacts me. It's great. Yes. So,
1: I mean, look, it, it, he was a bit irked that I had anything to say apart from "well done, what an amazing job." <laughs> but had I voiced my had I voiced my actual thoughts, and I did get a bit of the "well, you know, if you don't like it, you could just do it yourself." You know, there was a, a little bit of pushback, but definitely it was diluted. Yes, yes. Um, then um, I had a massive failure, massive failure midweek. Um, I should preempt this by saying that you know I love beards. I love a man with a beard. I've got a real thing for beards. And he, I didn't um, know that. He, oh, I love a beard. And Me he, too. Have you met my husband? Yes, I have met your husband. And he, he never used to have a beard. I always wanted him to grow one. He wouldn't grow one because he said it was messy. And then Christmas, not this Christmas, just gone the Christmas before, he grew a beard because you know it was Christmas and he didn't have to go anywhere. And he kept it. And that was kind of like a little gift for me. And it had been a bit long recently and he was complaining that it was messy and he needed to trim it. Anyway, he appeared out of the blue in the middle of the afternoon with a goatee. A goatee. Oh, dear. Okay, now look, Nicole. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) It was so awful. I couldn't hold back. And I think the thing was, I got a bit of a fright which is what I should have expressed like oh I, this is new and I'm not used to it and I don't know what I'm looking at but instead of saying that I said oh my god what the fuck have you done it's awful it's horrible you look awful you have
0: a face vagina okay oh you went That's- there oh you went there <sighs> nice yeah. okay then i well, we're all waiting Jeremy. with bated breath to hear how you pull yourself out of this hole
1: well then I called him Jeremy Beadle. Then These people aren't gonna know I, who
0: Jeremy Beadle is, by the way.
1: Okay, he was um a presenter from the eighties. Then I accused him of looking like a 1980s magician. Why
0: Jeremy okay. Beadle? Because he had a goatee. I'm trying to think of know. a more updated person who has a goatee. Uh, um uh that magician. The magician. Darren Brown? Name? Darren
1: Brown, yeah. Yeah. Anyway thankfully the children also hated the goatee so they they gave him hell um he got really defensive and started saying things like people shouldn't make personal comments it's my body and i can do what i like and i don't have have a point to do with your hair it does have a point the thing is i still don't know whether he did the goatee thing to wind me up or whether he genuinely thought that it looked good, but it lasted two days. Honestly, I could barely look at him. Then he went and shaved it into just a mustache.
0: Oh, oh that was <laughs> surely to wind you up. That was surely to wind you up.
1: <laughs> that just reminded me of my grandfathers. So I was kind of okay with that. It was an improvement. And then he just went and what? shaved everything off because he had like a big Zoom meeting and he probably had intended to do that in the first place. But oh, the goatee was like, giving me nightmares nightmares.
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay so there was no constructive criticism and it's not like you can say about facial hair on somebody else's body it's like I feel like you know I I feel upset that you've shaved your beard off because and I would really like you to put it back like you just don't have the right to voice those things is it that's a (sighs) difficult criticism to get stuck into but I mean, when I say I criticized, I, I literally went for I
1: mean, you can't be more personal or attacking to call someone like you have a face vagina. You know, it just it wasn't it wasn't nice. But I I I really a didn't face like
0: it. vagina. You know what I mean. I I sort of. I mean the Jeremy Beadle thing threw me. I, I mean, what let's look at a more constructive way that you could have dealt with it. Looking back now, how would you Looking handle back it today? Now, I could have said,
1: oh gosh. That's that's given me a bit of a fright. I wasn't expecting you to come out of the bathroom looking like that. I, I really, I really like your beard, and I would feel so happy if you grew it back so your face was all handsome and bearded.
0: Would that have been it, nicer? It would have been much nicer, but Jesus Christ, the lengths that we have to go to. I mean, you've got to dig you've mm-hmm. got to dig bloody deep for that. And also, had I just not commented at all
1: just gone completely radio silent I actually think that would have annoyed him because I still think a little bit of him did it as a wind up yeah a little bit yeah well then you walked straight into it yeah well then then he got Covid and everything changed so this is my next audio I dug deep into the not criticising tool bag at 3am last night Uh, my husband was lying behind me in bed doing mouth breathing (sighs) And look, the poor guy has got COVID, so I'm not going to start being mean to him, but it was quite grating. So I just said, you know, when you're waking up in the morning with a sore throat, I think it might be because your nose is blocked. So it might be a really good idea if you got up and had a bit of water and blew your nose. And I think that your throat might feel a bit more comfortable in the morning. And he literally did exactly that. And then we finally both got to sleep, which was a blessing. And that definitely went down better than the usual thing of stop breathing. Do you ever say that to your husband? Stop
0: breathing. <laughs> <laughs> he once said to me, I'll never forget. He oh, yes, I know what I did wrong. I exhaled. <laughs> I thought, I bet there are so many couples in lockdown right
1: now who have said to each other, Just stop breathing near me. Like I I can I can The one thing I've noticed in lockdown,
0: and the kids have actually backed me up with this, is that he's very heavy footed. And I never noticed this before lockdown. So often he'll come to bed after me and I'll be asleep and literally I can hear or he'll get up earlier than me and I can hear thump, 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 thump. And I don't know why. He's even lost weight in lockdown. So it's not that he's heavier. And I just literally, I always wake up and say, you've just woken me up. Can't you just, can't you just, and I never finish the sentence. He goes, (laughs) he always says, what, float? (laughs) I haven't learned how to float yet. (laughs) Yeah, that sort of thing. That sort of thing. So that's where we are. Yes, I'm asking him to float and expecting (sighs) him to. (laughs) And then this this was my last recording of the
1: week. So my poor husband has got COVID and hasn't felt like eating very much the last few days, which has been worrying and frustrating to see. And rather than be critical about it, because really what's the point? But my instinct was to say something like, you're not helping yourself. You're not going to get better if you don't try and start eating something. I used the I wish technique instead and went into the living room this afternoon and said, I wish that there was something that you really fancied eating so that I could make it for you or order it in for you. And he said, oh, do you know, I actually could really eat some one ton soup I could do that so I ordered some in for him and he ate it and he felt a bit better because he got something down him and I felt a bit better because I'd seen him eat something and everyone was a winner so I'm very grateful for for the tools this week because it has honestly prevented me from criticizing just out of frustration but nevertheless a criticism and turned it into something positive
0: lovely well that's what it's all about isn't it? It's yes. about having a much more positive impact on the people that we love and for ourselves. Yes, and sort of getting what you want without upsetting or hurting the other person. You could also call that self-care. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we summarise? Let's. So what worked for you, Nicole, if anything? Uh, the... the- the stepped program worked the method Mm. of the I wish Mm. or I feel um Mm. so turning it into much more of a personal thing rather than an attack on their character that's just it's just so mean it's so horrible and that has really worked for me what about you
1: yeah, the same, just using the techniques to obtain what I actually wanted or needed rather than just criticize, which just causes bad feeling, doesn't work. And then it does, as it said, lead into that spiral of, you know, that sort of horrible cascade of you did this, you did that. Well, you, did It doesn't go anywhere good. Doesn't go anywhere. Any of that. Doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> what didn't work for no. you? No. Oh, definitely just like going full throttle at the goatee. I, I could have, I think, had I just said nothing at all, I probably could have cut that goatee time down by 24 hours. If I hadn't made it so obvious that I hated it and attacked him for it, he probably just would have shaved it off anyway like a day earlier, <laughs> is my guess.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on what that. What didn't work for you? Uh, my my family don't always listen to me, so I can say something in the most beautiful way. But they just completely fucking ignore me. But that's, you know, that's having young kids and a busy household. And that's also me criticizing them. So, you know, you can get very much stuck in that rut of the, they don't listen and I'm sitting here trying to do the non-criticizing thing and bring something more positive and they don't listen. You know, it's like a whole, it's a whole rut, isn't it? Mm. So that mm. did, so that mm. didn't work because there was a bit of that. Okay, What have you learned? Yeah. Um,
1: The I wish technique, it reminded me in many ways of our week of no complaining. Yes. Where we did that four step. And if you haven't listened to that week of no complaining, I would recommend that show. It was a really good show Um, and it sort of worked miracles. And I will definitely use that I wish thing because it was so kind of
0: benign, um, but achieved exactly the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I I completely agree with that. Um, Mm. I learned that I don't always have to express myself. I don't always have to say what's on the forefront of my mind. And I think I will learn this for the rest of my life because I am vocal and I am reactive. Um, But sometimes just walking away for a minute is incredibly transformative. Yes.
1: Yes. Brilliant. Amazing. That's quite a huge thing to learn, right?
0: At our age. it's, It's annoying, but yeah. (laughs) would you recommend it to your clients lauren yes i would
1: say specifically in this case if you are the partner of a pregnant woman try not to criticize her too much because she may not take that very well um and i would say certainly for couples take some of these techniques for the first few months after you have a baby because you will be tired and wretched and niggly and exhausted and at the end of your tether and i think it's very easy to chuck criticism you never change the nappies. Yep. you yep. never nah. and i yep. think actually you do need to pull together and be a team in those early months and years and so to to try and find a way of getting what you need from your partner without criticizing them would probably help you in the long run with that baby beautiful
0: to look after that baby lovely Love and that. with your clients Yeah, I mean this it's a great practice. It helps you feel much better about who you are and it has a beautiful impact on the people around you. So it's a big yes from me and yes for me to coming in the club. What about you? Definitely coming in the club. I am quite fascinated by
1: this week, Nicole, because I thought you were gonna be like getting well stuck in there, really going gung-ho for it. And I'm still feeling a little bit of a little bit of resistance there, a little bit of like not quite at ease with it yet. I'm not quite at ease with it because it is. I have realised that for someone who complains about people making personal comments, I clearly am guilty of that myself. So I'm, I'm not like feeling like I've got this sorted. No. But I'm but not then, feeling resistant.
0: No, I don't think I'm resistant. I also don't feel like I've got it sorted. I mean, you know, mm. what kind of... I think that would be unfair and untrue and a bit egotistical to say I had. But even with the no complaining, you know, I still practice it and I still complain. So these things, they take time and it's a constant Mm. practice and Mm. I'm pleased that I've learned this now so that I've got it in my tool bag. Will I always use it? No. I mean, that's not realistic. Of course, I'm going to still criticize my husband for not turning the pots the right way around or whatever it is. Mm. Um, I hope I use it more and more. I don't, I I don't think you can master it in a week. No. No,
1: I think it is definitely going to take
0: some time. Yes.' you're, um, to turn this you're around a bit. Yes, you're, and you're developing yeah. new habits and breaking ones that don't serve you. Yeah. So we will be back on Friday with our epilogue show, with our Newsflash, our book club and more on no criticizing thanks for listening uh if you want to get in touch with us and you want to tell us about a practice you are trying or you just want to say hi send us an email hello at selfcareclub.co.uk you can reach us on all our social channels at selfcareclub pod we're pretty much mostly um, active on instagram so try us there And go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you love the show because those uh, reviews really, really help us grow and help us breathe. And we read them. And we
1: really want to say that. We read every review you write and it brings us joy and it makes us so enthusiastic to carry on doing this show and bringing these practices for you so please don't think you're writing them in vain we are reading them
0: and we are loving them. and we also we photograph them and we're on a lovely whatsapp group with me Lauren and our producer Blondine and we always read them together and Lauren always says I still can't believe people are listening to us <laughs> <laughs> so yes they do mean a lot to us Um, Thank you for listening today. Have a good few days and we'll be back on Friday with our epilogue show. See you then. Bye. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network.